My Kraken can beat up your Kraken, a monstrous defamation suit between Dominion Voting Systems and Sydney Powell. Jenna Green, legal columnist from Thomson Reuters, joins us. I'm Lawrence Coletti, and this is Legal Talk Today. Hello, listeners. Welcome back. Today, we're discussing a tale of two Krakens. On one side, we have lawyer Sidney Powell, who no doubt you've heard about in the news, is challenging the results from the national election. And then on the other side is Dominion Voting Systems, a corporation at the center of Sidney's claims for election fraud. Now, she struck first blood by making certain claims and filing lawsuits related to Dominion's vote counting system. And then Dominion struck back by filing a $1.3 billion, that's with a B, billion dollar defamation lawsuit against her. And so now it's Clash of the Titans. But before we get to that, let's welcome our guest, Jenna Green from Thomson Reuters. Welcome to the show, Jenna. Thanks, Lawrence. It's good to be here. Thank you for coming on. So, well, Jenna, let's get right to it. You know, so uh, give us a little bit of background about this uh, defamation case. How did everything get started with Sidney Powell and Dominion Voting Systems? Well, Sydney Powell is an appellate lawyer who's based in Texas. Um, she made a splash first in 2019 when she took over the defense of Michael Flynn. You might recall he was Trump's first national security advisor who pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI and then wanted to withdraw the plea and then got pardoned. So after the election, Powell, for several weeks in November, was a part of Trump's, quote, elite strike force team of lawyers um, challenging the election. And on November 19th, she appeared at a press conference alongside Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis at the RNC headquarters, where she said that Dominion was created in Venezuela at the direction of Hugo Chavez, and also claimed that Dominion flipped votes from Trump to Biden using some kind of algorithm. Three days later, the Trump campaign issued a statement saying that Sidney Powell is practicing law on her own. She is not a member of the Trump legal campaign um, or legal team. Except even after that happened, Powell was apparently undeterred and continued to make media appearances saying that Dominion was created in Venezuela, rigged the election, and somehow flipped or shaved votes. She also said things like she had a video of Dominion's founder saying he could, quote, change a million votes, no problem at all. Um, it's a video which she's not produced because Dominion says it doesn't exist. And she also allegedly suggested that Dominion bribed Georgia's governor and secretary of state. So Dominion responded by hiring Tom Clare of Clare Lock, um, which is a litigation boutique that's handled several pretty high-profile defamation cases. They represented UBA Dean in a defamation suit against Rolling Stone over that article, A Rape on Campus, and won a $3 million jury verdict. They also won a $22 million defamation verdict last year in the Eastern District of North Carolina against Pumo Biotechnology and its CEO on behalf of another pharmaceutical executive. So Claire Locke sent Powell a cease and desist letter, and she responded by tweeting she was, quote, retracting nothing because, quote, we have hashtag evidence and they are hashtag fraud masters. So on January 8th, Dominion sued Powell in U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia. Okay. And so my my follow-up question to that was to kind of uh, give us an idea of what either side was claiming there. And I know from our pregame that uh, you felt a little more comfortable talking about the Dominion side of that, just in terms of what was presented against Sidney Powell. And so 
I did go in and uh, read that case, uh, the, uh, what, they, what they're claiming in the defamation suit. And one of the uh, one of the things they claimed and quoted was just the claim against uh, what happened in Georgia. There was a, a recount. And so uh, just quickly going through that to present just the other side for uh, for the sake of discussion here, I did read uh, Sidney Powell's federal suit that was uh, presented there. And so uh, just kind of like starting off with, with Dominion side there, you know, definitely impressive evidence there. You know, uh, they talked about the hand recount verifying the Dominion system. And so obviously, you know, that that stands out as some pretty strong evidence that there was uh, nothing funny about the Dominion voting system. But for Sidney Powell's side, she brought up this pool of mail-in ballots that uh, were a little unusual. And she quoted some 96,000 of these votes were requested by voters and then counted within the Dominion system, but they did not go through the regular process of either being delivered or um, sent by the voter themselves. And so, and, I, and I'd read a little bit about this in other sources, but you know, you kind of hear about some of the chain of custody issues there. So I think what I'm, uh, what she's trying to claim here, and, and I have not independently verified this, so I don't want anybody to think that I'm quoting this. I'm just, this is my take on reading her case, is that uh, from that pool of votes, this, um, this uh, 96,000 requested uh, mail-in ballots, that the Dominion voting system's working with, I guess, Georgia election officials to take those votes, fake votes, fraudulent votes, and substitute them in for votes for Donald Trump. That's how I took it. And so obviously, you know, I think that, I mean, these are pretty audacious claims. And so she's either going to go down as the Joan of Arc for election law, or she's going to be ruined. I mean, her reputation will be ruined and possibly some financial consequences to follow that. And so, Jenna, I want to kick that part back to you. Now, I know that $1.3 billion uh, defamation suit, I mean, it's just an enormous number against any one individual. And so you wrote an article about this, about this case going into federal court. And so you said there's a strategy behind this uh, to go for that kind of amount rather than just sort of plead uh, the minimum, which is $75,000 and above to get into federal court. So, you know, walk us through some of that strategy so we can understand this $1.3 billion Figure. Dominion breaks it down 652 million in compensatory damages plus 652 million in punitives. And obviously, that's a pretty eye popping amount of money to ask for. <laughs> that is. Um, but one thing that it does do is it sort of immediately signals how grave they feel their injury is. And it also was the number that was in just about every headline about the lawsuit. Um, So it's a way to also sort of get heightened attention to the complaint by specifying the amount. But of course, you can't just make it up out of thin air, or you shouldn't. Um, I remember one lawyer I was talking to about this told me, said, you know, nothing says crazy like a trillion dollar lawsuit over a ham sandwich. Um, That's not the case here. So Tom Clare, actually, after my article came out, Tom Clare followed up with me, and he said that The Powell's claims caused, quote, catastrophic damage to Dominion's reputation. He also said Dominion employees have received credible threats of violence and death. And then he said, quote, our projection for damages is based on lost profit, lost revenue, and out-of-pocket costs, as well as devastating reputational harm and punitive damages, as these claims were made with actual malice. And in the complaint, he also says that Dominion has already spent more than 565000 on private security um, to protect its employees and its founder from, from the threats of violence, and also $1.2 million out of pocket so far on attempts to mitigate the harms to its reputation. The other thing is whether 
Powell, you know, she probably doesn't have $1.3 billion in her checking account if in the event she were to lose, but that almost maybe isn't the point that the lawsuit becomes a way to, as Dominion says, to set the record straight. Yeah, and you said there's uh, oftentimes a strategy involved in that. One of the lawyers you were talking to, putting together uh, that piece that uh, you put together in Westlot today, that article titled Savvy or Silly, Dominion's Demand for $1.3 billion from ex-Trump lawyer Sidney Powell, which was part of my research uh, for our show today. You talked about this could be a strategy, you know, if you get close to some quarterly earnings that you need to report, you bring up one of these big, large numbers that bears resemblance on the overall claim, but that can uh, you know send shockwaves to your opponent. And so you said that sometimes you can do this in a way that uh, sort of, I guess, sort of uh, pre-stages the battlefield in litigation. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, one of the lawyers said that, that you know, if, if the sort of default safest way to file a complaint in federal court to get diversity jurisdiction is just say the amount of controversy exceeds 75,000. But if you want to name a number, one thing that can do is it can require the, the defendant to report the litigation, even if they don't feel it has merit to their board of directors or their auditor, and they might have to disclose it, as you said, you know, if you really want to mess with someone, do it two days before an earnings call. And so just not specifying damages, um, you, don't, you don't get necessarily quite the same impact. The, the key is that whatever you're demanding, you need to have a certain level of credibility so that a judge doesn't sort of give you the side eye and think this, this doesn't make sense that you want, um, for example, there was a former administrative judge in Washington, D.C. who sued his local dry cleaner for, I think it was $64 million for losing his pants. That is an example of a demand that's not going to win you any credibility with a judge hearing your case. Yeah, that was a really funny example. And I think it's something that litigators kind of have to balance. You know, it's it's one thing to set forth strategies that going to keep your opponent busy and, uh, you know, a little distracted from the overall case, giving you advantage. And there's another thing in it, you know, acting in a tortious, uh, capricious way when you're doing it. So definitely Definitely a, a fine, a fine balancing act there. So, as I understand it, Jenna, that Dominion, you know, they've been pretty aggressive in trying to defend their reputation, and so they have targeted other people since all of these election challenges began. And so, you, you were talking about some of those examples as well during our pregame for this interview. So, you know, share with uh, share with our audience some of those examples how Dominion's targeted some of its other opponents uh, related to these issues. Well, Tom Clare told the Washington Post that they went after Sidney Powell first because he said she's been the most prolific and in many ways has been the originator of these false statements that was Claire's quote to the post. But according to media reports, Dominion has sent retraction demands or document preservation letters to more than 20 individuals and entities. That includes the lawyer Lynn Wood and Rudy Giuliani, Fox News, Newsmax, America One. And the way these different entities have responded has been interesting. We saw Newsmax and Fox pretty promptly ran statements retracting their claims. And on January 15th, the website American Thinker did a very thorough retraction, um, saying that it published statements about Dominion that were, quote, completely false and have no basis in fact, and that there was simply no evidence to support the claims. It was wrong for us to publish these false statements. Um, we apologize to Dominion. On the other hand, another target is the CEO of My Pillow, Mike Lindell. He told Forbes, quote, I welcome Dominion to sue me. I welcome it. Please, please sue me. <laughs> and then you can show us all about your machines. And Powell actually also told me that, quote, we're looking forward to discovery from Dominion. So it seems that for some 
defendants or would-be defendants, they think that litigation might allow them to find damaging information about Dominion via discovery. Yeah, it was really interesting uh, to kind of see that, you know, printed out just some of these other entities that have been sued as well. And I, I'd seen a, a bunch of those names listed as well. And the one uh, one other one is a media source that I just recently came across. They did a lot of election challenge coverage. It was Epic Times. I don't think, mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think they've backed down at all. either. I don't think they've retracted anything. Is that correct? I'm not sure, honestly. I have not seen anything, but I couldn't say for sure that they haven't, but I'm not aware of them doing it. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, let's talk about what each side stands to win if either one of them prevails. Why don't we start with Dominion? So you were talking about in your in your piece that, yeah, there's probably no way they're going to get $1.3 billion out of City Powell, but you know they could get uh, ongoing uh, you know wages and things like that in the future. So tell us about some of those. I guess, tell us about the victory for Dominion. What do they get? I mean, yeah, I guess monetary damages to the extent that whatever they can take, they could also, you know, maybe get a judgment and, you know, attach Powell's assets um, going forward, which, you know, would be fine. But I, I think it might be more about vindication, about, about as they said, setting the record straight and, you know, sort of defending their reputation because they have all of these multi-year contracts. They provide voting machines for 28 states as well as, you know, a huge number of of local jurisdictions. And so they are, you know, the, the existence of the company in some ways is at stake here. And if they are able to definitively prove that their voting machines are accurate, that there are no suspicious overseas ties, that they are a reputable company and that they are trustworthy. Um, that That's really crucial for them. And this litigation is a way, I would think, for them to do that. As for Powell, you know, if she is able to prove her claims about Dominion, that that would be huge. That would be, um, you know, cause a, a earthquake in the political landscape if she, you know, and in, in the process of litigating the lawsuit comes up with definitive proof of her allegations. That's really interesting as well. I mean, if what she alleges is true, I mean, honestly, it could be, you know, at this point, I mean, obviously it's early in the century, but it could be the case of the century. All of those pieces came together and, uh, you know, Dominion Voting Systems did what she claims that they have done. But, uh, you know, it's interesting you, you brought up the, you know, bring it on. You know, I look forward to discovery. You know, it's sort of interesting that that came up, you know, when I was uh, reviewing her case uh, that she filed in federal court, you know, that the judge dismissed that on grounds that they didn't really have a ready remedy for her because they felt it was better filed in state courts. They didn't hear it on the merits. And so this gives her an opportunity to present her case. And I don't know, what do you think about this? Like if she goes through and I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of uh, playing with here. Obviously I can't independently verify any of this, but you know, it's definitely a matter of curiosity. If she gets that into court and, you know, uh, Dominion Voting uh, Systems pushes it. They go through a discovery process and some of the stuff that she claims comes out to be true. I mean, do, do you think she gets another shot at uh, at her big case there against uh, Dominion? I honestly have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's easy for us to play uh, money, money quarterback on this, but I just thought it was a fascinating issue because to, to me there didn't seem to be a lot of daylight between the two positions. You know, uh, kind of like what I said before, she'll either go down as the Joan of Arc of election law, or it could be very bad for her. So, crazy, crazy times. My understanding is that Dominion in its defamation suit isn't isn't attacking claims that Powell made in in those federal lawsuits that they are focusing on remarks she made on television and radio interviews and on Twitter rather than going after the court filings. 
Well, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. And the way that I, I had read that was that a lot of the claims that she was going to try to bring through based on her statements were coming through that uh, federal case that uh, she didn't ultimately get to have heard mm-hmm. on the merits. So, well, Jenna, that's all the time we have. I want to thank you so much for joining us. It was a terrific and fun discussion. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And thank you listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please recommend the show to a friend. And also, don't forget to check out our show notes for this episode. We'll uh, we'll link to our sources here. So I've got a couple. I've got the uh, federal suit that Sidney Powell filed against uh, Georgia. And I've also I've also got the Dominion defamation suit that they filed against uh, Sidney Powell. So it's a uh, Kraken v. Kraken. And then, of course, also I've got the article that Jenna Green, our guest, put together. I think it's a really thoughtful piece and uh, well put together there, Jenna. Thank you. I appreciate it. And lastly, but certainly not leastly, I want to thank our team, our production team, producer Molly McDonough and our LTN crew for the continued hard work to make us sound so wonderful. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Have a great day, everybody. 